Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. And welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I am your host, Evan Goldstein, and with me as always is the amazing Karen Randazzo. I'm Superman. Boop de boop de boop. <laughs> and the wondrous Chris Randazzo. Hey! Don't call me Blondie. <laughs> we here on this week's episode talk television. Karen, you got to pick the show this week. It is Flash. Um what season? What episode? I can't even remember. Was Season we, three, episode 17. Because when we wrote it down, it, I, and I just went to go look, we just said, the one that just passed. <laughs> Season three, what, what? Say it again. Three, I talk- episode <laughs> 17. Don't ask a question if you don't want the answer, jackass. Three, <laughs> 17. Good hosting. I'm so tired. <laughs> uh, it's the musical episode, duets. Um. Yeah. Okay, so when so I know what I thought, what did you guys think? <laughs> I just want to talk briefly about the online response that I saw to this episode. Oh boy, <laughs> I have I have seen almost no response to this, but I imagine it's going to be negative AF. Oh my god, so many people, so cranky about it. Yeah, well, those people are stupid because this episode was joy. <laughs> it was it was I didn't see any hate for this. Oh. I thought saw people loving this. Where are you seeing this hatred? Yeah, that, that's the difference between my Facebook friends and your Facebook friends. <laughs> oh, Facebook friends. I thought you meant like critics. Okay, oh, gotcha. I didn't actually see any actual critic reviews. Like I didn't look at that because I I didn't want any sort of explanations before going into it. Um the Okay, this is a filler episode. Okay, so no shit. That stop. <laughs> it was the most wonderful filler episode I have ever experienced in television. It was phenomenal. I wouldn't go that far, but it was great. Yeah, oh. I wouldn't go as far as to say it was the best filler. It did also. It did resolve a couple of things on both shows though it okay. resolved it not it did a good it didn't resolve major things but it resolved little things that resolved the major bullshit things that are bothersome in both shows like all right i guess it didn't completely resolve the whole barry iris nope. thing but it did it moved that forward yep. a little bit and it resolved the dumb monel cara did breakup. you watch supergirl before are you? Yes, yes, we did. Okay, because I am not caught up on Supergirl, but before watching this episode, I watched the tail end of Supergirl uh-huh. just to see how it started. Because, yes, granted, you know they they always do that. A little bit of Supergirl I into was so I was so miffed about that 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 thing in Supergirl because Car is better than this. Like she's 
better than like yeah. she should have understood the way she did in the musical episode why he didn't want to say who he was because when they met she was like murder all the Daxamites Daxamites <laughs> are the worst thing in the history of mankind especially their royal family they're all awful and horrible people and he's like Okay. okay, well, they're all dead, so I'm going to go ahead and keep that a secret. <laughs> so, like, look, it's not good that he lied to her, but, like, relationship ending? Like, come on, give yourself five seconds to think about it and say, okay, I'm not happy about this, but I get why you lied about it. Let's not end our re- freaking relationship over it for, like, what, the third time in three weeks? They've broken up, like, so many times, and it's all over dumb stuff that can be solved with a conversation. <laughs> breathe, Chris, breathe. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the timing of like the breakups following being followed like immediately, not even in the same episode, almost in the same breath with this music meister plot. It was like, okay, if you want me to buy the breakup, I need a little bit of space between the thing that breaks them up and the stupid thing that gets them back together. Yes, I agree with that, um, Chris or or Karen. Yeah. I just feel like Chris. Have you seen the Music Miser episode? It was Batman, the animated series, or Superman? I think it was Superman. Wasn't there? Ba- um, there it was. Um, uh, Batman: Brave and the Bold. Okay. Did you see Where that at NP- all? NPH played uh, Music Meister. I think I did. Okay. I don't recall. I don't feel that this bad guy is Music Meister. Oh no! I mean, this is this is similar. Like that wasn't Mix- Mr. Mixie's Pidlick either. You know. Like- I- Yes, this I, is a farther departure than that, but Supergirl has been very, very loosey-goosey with the interpretations of some villains. Okay, because so I got a, a heavy, uh, like Batmite feeling. The universe modifying. I mean, they okay. They didn't just make them sing. They took the entire cast and put them in a movie musical. <laughs> Uh, and casts from other shows that have no business being here other than the seriously? fact that they can sing. <laughs> I'll give you Victor Garber because he used to be on Flash. That's fine. John Barrowman, I love you. What the hell are you doing in this episode other than you can sing? <laughs> like That's what he, I mean, Hello? you're gonna if you're gonna do this thing, I get it. You have him, you gotta use him. But his he stuck out being there, and I feel like it would have made more sense to just have Jesse Martin be Iris's dad, and uh, Victor Garber be Monel's dad, and leave Barrowman out of it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I I'm mean, glad I'm he was okay. there. He was yeah, there. exactly. I loved the fact that they didn't even try to hide how friggin' stupid it was. <laughs> yes. was like, okay, what the was... hell is he doing here? <laughs> There was no hiding anything in this episode at all. <laughs> I'll tell you what there wasn't any hiding of was uh, Wynn's singing abilities. Uh, I did not know that oh, that yeah. guy could sing. I, I, Karen has told me that he could sing before, but he was probably the most impressive singer on the episode, I thought. He blew me away. That guy was amazing. I and, like Cisco. He's singing next to Cisco and like, yeah, Cisco can sing, but this guy's like... <laughs> This guy's like Lord and Savior of Singdom, and Cisco is just like, man, you would be really good in a high school production of Evita. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed Joe the most. I really liked Joe's performance. I always like when I get to see Jesse Martin sing. Mm-hmm. It was I, I, the 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 little things in this episodes, the reactions of Barry and Kara to 
just about everything. Like, don't you know who I am? And 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 he, the guy flips the switchblade. Barrowman switch blades, flips out, and he's like, apparently a guy who's good with a switchblade. And it was so <laughs> fast that you didn't catch it. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? They did. I, I really enjoyed this episode. You can't. You. It's not the normal flash. You can't put it on the same. You can't look at. You can't judge it the same way. But it's also if you're ju- going to judge it based on musical episodes of TV shows, and this was one of the best ones I've seen. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes that can go really sideways. Sometimes it's Buffy. Sometimes it's Scrubs. And yeah. this was more Buffy than Scrubs. This was really, really good. And, I mean, obviously it didn't do all original music, but the original song that was used was really good. <laughs> which which one was? I thought there was more than uh, one. Yeah, I think there were two. Okay. Well, you know what I mean. Like the, the one that I'm thinking of, the original song, was uh, the one from the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. It's, lady, yeah. That was, was Super Friends, I'm assuming? Yeah. yeah. That was so good. <laughs> That was it's just so like trademark Rachel Bloom all a- over it. Absolutely, yeah. you could feel it. And I have all to over. point out, I read this somewhere else. This wasn't my observation, but I did think it was very cool that the tap dancing that they did in that number, mm-hmm. their feet matched the tap dancing sounds. They were actually doing the tap dancing. <laughs> well, she was wearing That's tap good. dancing shoes the entirety the entire time. <laughs> like I noticed. So, that. <laughs> so all right. I'm sorry. They can match up the friggin' tap dancing, but they can't put liquid in anyone's cups on these shows. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chris. I mean, all in all, good choice, Karen. I'm. I Thank mean, you. A lot, a, good a choice lot of, of fun. The, I, I just gotta say again that the choice of the songs. I, I mean, obviously, I had a really special experience watching this in the first place, not just because every time the songs came on, I was smiling. Like, it was it was really good music, really good performances, but we were watching it with our daughter, and, you know, she's this little tiny baby, and she was being all goofball and blah, 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 babbling and whatnot, but whenever somebody started singing, she'd stop. She was so into the music in this episode, and it happened on almost every single song. She'd be sitting there babbling, and then somebody would start singing, and within a couple of seconds, she'd just be fixed on the screen and smiling and just enjoying the music. And that was so cool for me to to experience watching her do that, because the music in this episode, by and large, was very joyous. Mm -hmm. Um, There are some just just musical numbers in here I could not not smile to. It was just... it was. It was incredibly well done, and it also didn't focus solely on the, uh, the the issue of the music thing. Like there was also stuff going on outside of inside Kara and Barry's <coughs> brains. Like you also got the first time they got to meet up with Martian Manhunter on this Earth, which I thought was totally awesome. <laughs> I'm still waiting. I like how they teased. The whole Win and Cisco meeting one another mm-hmm. thing, and then we didn't quite get it. Like that's going to happen one of these days, and that's just going to be great. I just want the two of them locked in a room with one another for a couple. Of hours. <laughs> it's just going to be wonderful. But um, I love the whole, all the dynamics that they did in this. This is, this is the type of thing. Obviously, this is an atypical episode because it's a musical. You can't do this all the time, but it's this kind of stuff where this muse, this universe is on point. Mm-hmm. You know, when it's doing bullshit relationship garbage where the characters are not as smart as that you think they should be and it's and it's just dumb with dumb sauce on the side like that's 
problematic. But man, when they get this stuff right, when they get these shows right, they really get them right. And this was one of those times. It was just spot on. I, I, I fully agree. The yeah, go ahead. The 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 level of song quality, like that's you could tell all of them sang their own songs and and sang them well like they are very skilled singers and that's not necessarily the case when it comes to a musical episode of a show like sometimes they shoehorn it in this 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 musical it fit with the story that they were trying to tell and it was just done correctly which is nice to see that they actually took the time to write a complete episode not just hey we're going to stop here and start singing about this and then they incorporated the music to at the end of the episode to sum everything up like that that shit moved me you know when 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 Barry was singing to Iris like that was yeah when that happened I was like you see Barry that's how you propose that that's how you should have done it in the first place that was absolutely done right and i have never been like you know i like grant gustin i think he's a charming performer and all that but i've never been like ooh you know all all hot for the old gg but damn <laughs> that song god damn <laughs> uh that might just do it and he can sing mm-hmm. um maybe want to go back and watch his old uh, turn on glee even if he was playing a dick at the time, just to get to hear him sing some more. Yeah, yeah. Um, Good the stuff. yeah, Good I like. And uh, I mean, you like you said, it was full of joy. The the put a little love in your heart. I've been singing that all week. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wish there was more wind singing and. Um, yeah, me too. But you know, like as you said, that was not hidden. I'm like, it wasn't hidden. But it could have been in there more. It could have. Like, <laughs> I could have listened to him sing all day. It was he great. Is, he has actually had also starred in the, uh, in addition to the movie that I told you about that he's in, he starred in the Broadway revival of Newsies. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Um, and the the song that the dad sang was really sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I mean yeah, probably yes. <laughs> Come on. I, I'm a I'm gonna be a sucker for that no matter what, because it's from Guys and Dolls, which is one of my favorites. Um uh, John okay. Barrowman needed to tone it down just a hair. I'm all for <laughs> vocal interpretation, but his he was he was taking it a little too far. Um and then Moon River was very nice, but I felt like it went on too long and didn't do anything for the story other than hey look melissa benoist can sure sing (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i i I gotta give it a pass though because like as she's singing when barry came into the story like (laughs) there was some acting there without any words that was pretty spectacular that you know yes that was worth it. it it was a lot of fun um what what was the other original the Super Friends song. The other one. Oh, it, I th- it's called Running Home to You, the okay. one he sang at the end. The end. All right. That was yeah. so good. That's so good. I, yeah. I, I think my initial reaction to this was not as positive as I expected. Really? Because, yeah. Because I 
heard about this and I went, oh, musical episode, that'll be awesome. It'll be just like Once More With Feeling. And then it wasn't Once More With Feeling. And I got really upset. I was like, <laughs> oh, that, that's so great. And I just wanted that again. But then I just, you know, just go watch that again if that's what you want, Karen. <laughs> and not everything can be that. And, you know, there can only be one gold standard. But the the more I reflected on the episode, the better I liked it. Yeah. I, I, I watched this episode myself twice. And I, like... There's a t- the, I have a tendency that when I'm watching it the second time, I will fast forward through certain points. But no, I, I, I watched this episode completely twice in, in two days. And I, I, I think I enjoyed it more the second time because when, when you first w- watch it and you are surprised by the level of talent that comes out, it, it's... It, it takes a second to get into the music and then watching it the second time I knew what was going to happen and I just got to en- enjoy it that much more so and, go ahead. and one other bonus to this episode very very little HR yeah <laughs> very little HR <laughs> done with that character yeah Thank you. I get it I don't have a problem with HR I don't I don't know Maybe it's just me. And I just got a comment on the whole, the whole Barry Iris breakup, you know, putting the whole wedding on old thing. It's just, the logic there is just not connecting with me. It's TV logic, dude. Come on now. It's like, yeah, but he was going to propose anyway. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like the only reason he proposed at all was because of the whole Savitar thing. It's like... Dude was dude bought a ring like fifteen minutes after you guys got together. Dude wanted to marry you his entire life. This is the whole thing is not tainted because he changed the timing of when he decided to to pop the question. Apparently, you it stupid, was stupid, stupid show. Apparently, it was. Chris. Now our whole relationship is tarnished because you wanted to do something to save. Oh my god! Oh my god! Use your brains for five goddamn. You know what? If this is if this is enough to derail you, then fine. You two shouldn't get married, and one of you named Iris should just jump off a cliff or something. What bothered me the most? Give me Patty's pivot back, damn it! I liked her <laughs> when. Barry proposed the second time. The look of shock on Iris's face was too much. It was, it yeah. was a like, Stephen really, girl? Of bullshit. <laughs> like he just did this like God. last week. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so surprised. I can't believe this is happening. I'm so stupid. How did I get my shoes on this morning? Oh no, I fell out of a window and died. <laughs> Yeah, this is why I've not ever given a single fuck about Barry and Iris much as I love this show. <sighs> well, episode all in all, two thumbs up. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very, very, very good. Word. Yay. Good call. All right. Um, with that, let's take a quick break. Uh, when we get back, we'll uh, talk about some news. Stay- sure will. Yes, we will. <laughs> Stay tuned. Alex Azar has a fresh new entry in his horror movie series. This time, he takes a look at The Gallows, a recent release that marks the official one millionth entry in the found footage genre. Cue the confetti and balloons. Is it worth a watch, or will it make you wish to hang yourself in its titular location? Find out in Macabre Movie Mausoleum, The Gallows. 
After an all-too-long hiatus, the Stone Age Gamer podcast has revived one of its most popular features. That's right, trivia is back! I stepped back behind my hosting podium to challenge Dan, along with returning former co-host Dean and special guest Square Painter Adam Shub, aka the Square Painter because I can't read, to as much video game trivia as they could, or in some cases could not, handle. Did Dan emerge victorious once again? Did Dean make an ever-loving fool of himself again? How does Dark Horse Adam factor in the equation again? Check it out in the all-new Stone Age Gamer podcast episode 143. Johnson, we need a recording. Raspberry Pi sounds tasty. After all, you love pie. I love pie. Dean Winchester loves pie. Everyone loves pie. But we're not talking about that kind of pie. Geekade's Gabby has found a whole slew of new applications for her new Raspberry Pi Zero W, when it comes to home automation. Learn all the cool ways you can use this technology to make your home run more smoothly in A Slice of Pie, located in the Think Tank. Did you enjoy hearing Dan and Dean reunite on the most recent episode of the Stone Age Gamer podcast? Sure you did. Who wouldn't? Well, if you want more of that and you like wrestling, have I got a podcast for you. Dan and Dean joined forces for another episode of our wrestling podcast. Download Backdrops and Body Slams, Episode 2, Chad Too Bad and the Sea Monster, from your favorite podcast distributor, or stream it at geekade.com. You can catch all this great stuff, plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more right now at geekade.com. Chris! Evan! Hi! Hi, how are you? All right, how are you? Oh, I am lovely. I am very excited about the world of Dragon Ball. In fact, I'm so excited, I want to summarize it in 60 seconds. Well, let's call it the Dragon Ball Super 60 Seconds Isn't it amazingly convenient that we have a segment on this show called the Dragon Ball Super 60 Seconds Summary? I think it is incredibly convenient. Whenever you are ready, oh, sir. Let me, uh, let me get oh, my gotta get timer, timer all set and ready here. For uh, 60 seconds. Stopwatch. And uh, let me remember what the hell happened in the episode. <laughs> and go. All right, so Goku and company went back to Earth after the uh, fight with Tapo, and they're getting ready for the big old Battle Royale uh, power of champion power tournament thing. Tournament of power, that's what it's called. And uh, so they have to go figure out who's going to be part of this tournament, and they go down the list, and they're like, oh, we'll get Krillin involved. And I was like, ah, oh, Krillin, he's not all that strong. I mean, he's Krillin. But they're like, no, 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 Krillin's been training in secret, and he's really clever, too. And it's going to be more than just strength in this. They go, oh, let's get Master Roshi in there. He's clever as heck. So they get Master Roshi in there, and they're going to talk to Android 17 and Android 18. And they, they run out of people, and they want to go talk to Vegeta, and Vegeta's like, no, I'm not going to the tournament until Bulma has her baby. And so Whis comes over and, like, basically gods the baby out of Bulma, so she gets to skip all the labor, brand new clean baby, chilling in her lap. She's super happy about it, but she's just like, all right, cool, we're going to go to the tournament. And then Goku and Gohan, um, they got to go figure out who else they're going to put in the tournament. I know it's going to be Ten Shinhan, and I can't wait to see it because the tournament's going to be so awesome. And next week we get to see... I ran out of time. Wow. <laughs> that's the first time that's happened. First I was time. Just wanted to finish a sentence. Uh, that sucks. Gods the baby out of her. Yeah, basically he. That's what he does. He basically gods the baby out of her. Thank you. <laughs> There's sir. no other way to explain what happened. <laughs> Thank you. And we're back. 
Thank you so much. We sure are. Yeah, we are. (laughs) Thanks for checking out our commercials. Uh, Chris, after so much flash talk, I really think we should just slow it down. (laughs) You see what I did there? Take a beat. (laughs) 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 Let's talk some news. Um, Enough about flash. Supergirl. (laughs) (laughs) Enough about flash. Um, Okay, so Supergirl. Okay, I always liked this character, uh, Lena Luthor. But I don't, I can't recall if this is actually really from, like, comics. I don't remember Lex having a sister, but I'm okay Um, with it for the show. I've seen, I've definitely seen her talked about in some recent comics, but Lena was a, she was, like, sick, and he was protecting her or something. Like, she was a secret sister that he was protecting. Interesting. Oh, boy, I can't remember exactly what I read that in. I feel like it might have been Action Comics. Actually, it might have been pre-New 52. It might have been um, Lex Luthor's Action Comics, if I'm remembering correctly, which I'm probably not, but that was a great run of comics. But yes, either way, yeah, he, she, he, he definitely had a sister, and I think she was dis- like like physically disabled, and um, he was it was something that he was keeping secret. So she, on the, this show, is a very different character. Um, very I good do, character. I actually like her quite a I'm bit. really interested in her, because I, I still don't know if I have... A peg on her. Yeah, like, I, does she I, really want to be good, <laughs> or is she just not like be, I, crazy evil? I've de- I've determined we have been like I don't know shell shocked or we you know gun shy because of the Lex from Smallville that we like in the television verse of Superman and Supergirl. Lex has always been friendly ish. Like they want to have a relationship, or they're you know alluding to the fact that they want to have a relationship. When in the comics, it's not the case. Never was the case. Uh uh-uh. uh No. Always enemies. No. 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 no I was like that in the uh, in the cartoon as well, which is my most familiarity with with Superman mythology is the the C the WB cartoon, the which they're taking you know they're taking the storylines from comics. Like yeah. yes, they granted which is they like came no Lex Luthor. You don't like, you don't trust yeah. Superman. Yeah, but then I, I spent, I don't know how many, 14, 15 years? No, that's not true. I don't know how long Smallville was. Um, you know, I think it was 11. Was it 11? Yeah. I, I spent 11 years going, is he a friend? I Should I like him? I don't know. And I feel like this is the path that they're going down with Supergirl, and I'm okay. I like you it. You know, I didn't, I didn't have that because I've never watched more than a couple minutes of Smallville because I thought it was wet hot garbage, but <laughs> okay, but that so. was a couple. It was a couple episodes from season one, so you'll you'll forgive me. I, for I, that. I shall forgive you for that. Yes, it gets real good around season six. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, because I got that kind of time. Uh, right, but Chris, the thing this about just, this may end our friendship, so let's just move on from Smallville. <laughs> the the thing about Lena is like, I don't. I honestly don't know if she's like. When I say I don't know if she's crazy evil, like, I think she might be evil, but she looks at her mom and was like, yeah, you crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not bad. Okay, so you're evil. all, like, aliens, evil, like, that kind of crazy. Nah, I, I think she might be, like, playing her own game of evil, but not quite that game of evil. If you catch my... All right, picking up a line laying down. If you're smelling what I'm cooking. I'm smelling what you're cooking. So the point of us talking about this is the fact that uh, Lena, L- Lena Luther will be a regular in season three of Supergirl, which is good. I think she's a good Regularity actress. Regularity is important. It is. Very much so. Um, 
so it, it, she popped in and out, I think, right, through season two. I think she may have shown up at the end of season one, maybe. Uh, I don't think, I think, no? yeah, no, she wasn't in season one. I think she's a season two creation. Okay. Um, but she did a good enough job. I, I'm okay with this. I'm very, I'm very okay with this. Me too. Um, uh, pause. Go ahead and call Karen. Oh, as soon as she boots up Skype. If she's, yeah, go ahead and call Karen. Okay. <laughs> you just missed Lena Luther. That's, That's okay. Hello. Hello. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. Hi, guys. Hi. Karen, you're oddly quiet about the Lena Luther situation. How do you feel? <laughs> Almost suspiciously so. <laughs> um, I feel good. Okay. Hi. We're all in agreement. <laughs> yep. Been here the whole time. <laughs> I, I like Lena Luther. I think uh, she's a cool character, and I, I don't mind seeing more of her. <laughs> All right. Next up, <laughs> from Variety, we got to – I don't – you posted you, – you shared this, and I got a little confused with this, this article about Aaron Sorkin getting an education on Hollywood's diversity issues at the WGF uh, – WG Festival. No, it's the WGF Estival. F Estival? Okay, my mistake. Now the F stands for festival. <laughs> the Estival stands for Estival. Um He seems to He seems to be knowledgeable on it. Am I am I not reading this I, I article correctly? I'm, I'm not quite into my links just yet, but from what I remember of it, uh, the the piece seemed to have something of a sarcastic bent to it. Oh, uh, I think because uh, sarcasm what, in what, print always works. Right. <laughs> Good uh, job, Variety. <laughs> Weren't they the ones on our crap list last week? I'm sure enough. I'm probably. saying it is. It seems All right, now we have a blood feud with Variety. <laughs> yeah, I mean. What 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 my takeaway from this was is that you know somebody asked him at an event about how hard it is for women and people to, people of color to get their scripts read, and he like was shocked to hear that that was an issue in Hollywood. Which no kidding, Aaron Sorkin, because <laughs> if you thought that uh, it was a you know nice inclusive world for all you know all genders and races and whatnot. We'd probably see more of that in your scripts, and we don't. Okay, so so you're on the side that Aaron Sorkin was completely surprised about this whole situation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and a little, yeah. <laughs> I think a, na- a little is generous to say uh, that it's a little naive of him. Okay, because I'm like, looking... There's a... Of course I'm aware of the diversity problem in Hollywood, he told Variety. I was the one who brought up the subject Saturday morning and kept coming back to the subject. So he's like, that's the part that confused me. It, it, the article is updated. Oh, yeah. It's been updated since 
since it was posted and they put the update right up top. See, I didn't see that because I just loaded uh, it up now. Okay. Yeah, I, f- <laughs> I feel like he may know, but I don't know. He's defending himself because when I put put this up the other day, he was getting a lot of shit from the internet. And, of course, he okay. loves that. Well, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we all know how much Aaron Sorkin loves the internet. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I mean, we've spoken about this previously. It wasn't surrounding Mr. Sorkin. But, yes, there is a, there is a, an issue in Hollywood with the lack of diversity. It, stem, it goes all the way back to the writing staffs and, and, and the availability of scripts and so on and so forth. But I, I can't believe that he's that naive. I can't. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's an adult male in the United States. He has to know. Uh, uh, uh. He's rich. <laughs> I, 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 that's that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> um, Karen, do do yeah. you do, do you did I thought you didn't like Mindy. I don't. You okay? But I thought this story was well. That's not true. I don't not like Mindy. I didn't. I don't like her show since it went to Hulu. But I have no problem with her. Uh, okay, that's where I was got where I got confused. Apparently, um, Mindy and Senator Cory Booker are going out on a date. Um, and it was the Twitter exchange between the two of them. I mean, I, it was uncomfortably corny for me. I thought it was cute. See, that's, that's, I, I, that's the difference right there. He's a senator. She's an actress. They... I mean, he really should be doing something different. <laughs> like, well, I'm I, sure he, he is, has a job to do, <laughs> and he's doing it. To I mean, I'm fo- I follow politics quite closely these days, and uh, Cory Booker's doing his job. Okay, all right. Well, uh, there was a cute little, according to you, Karen. There is a, a cute little interaction between Mindy Callen and Senator Cory Booker. Uh, apparently, she made a comment about him on one of her episodes of her show, and he responded via text. There was a back and forth. Apparently, the path train got involved, and they have agreed to have dinner the next time she's in Newark. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yay, Newark. Yay, Newark. They're really trying out there. Trust me, I know this. <laughs> I, I don't know. Okay. Orange is the new black. Now, I've watched all of the show. I've enjoyed the show. I was confused because I thought the writer of the show was writing about her life. Am I mistaken? Well, there's multiple writers on the show, not just one. (laughs) Creator... The creator, yes, is, uh, you know, and I don't know if that woman, what's her name, Piper or something, just like her character in the show. Uh, I don't know. I mean, she wrote the book that the show is based on. I don't know whether Uh, she actually writes on the show. Okay, so maybe that's what I'm getting confused with. Either way, one of the writers from the show and one of the actresses from the show have gotten married. I think it's adorable. Ah, uh, Karen, you, you're going to have to help me. Sma- Samira Wiley. Thank you. Samira Wiley. And what was the other woman's name? 
Lauren Morelli. Thank you. Lauren Morelli got married. They Which one's on the show? Samira Wiley. Samira. She's um Pousset. Her hair's all grown out. Oh, now I see it. Huh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um but I mean do you think it had anything to do with her death? Oh, spoilers. <sighs> Anywho. That the the photos. Do you think that killing off her character had anything to do with them getting married? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I can't I can't work with you and be involved with you at the same time. No, maybe nothing. I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm just looking like now. I'm looking at their wedding picture, and uh, I did not realize until now that the that uh, Ms. Morelli's wedding outfit is a jumpsuit. Oh, it, it it is a jumpsuit. Yes, that it's is a, a jumpsuit with a cape. With a cape and a <laughs> very elaborate something going on in the chest. Like I like the beadwork, but what is with the jumpsuit? Uh, I'm, really? I'm not so okay the with jumpsuit that. takes you out more than the cape, because yes. the cape is the first thing I noticed. <laughs> the cape is fine. It's the wedding day. Do whatever you want to do, but. Uh, I I don't know this this I don't find that that flattering. But this is not a fashion podcast. So. <laughs> no, those are definitely wedding pants, though. That's that was the first thing I noticed. Was wow, she's wearing some wedding pants. <laughs> They're cute. They're adorable. Good on them. Fantastic. We're happy for you. Martha Stewart likes them as well. <laughs> oh, thank God. Thank God. Um, okay. Did you actually watch this? video for Melissa McCarthy and how she she I did. Okay. It's it me I like the story. I think it's adorable, but when I saw the video, she seemed so awkward or uncomfortable telling the story. I don't know if I got that, but All right. Um Melissa McCarthy was on uh the Ellen show and they chatted about how she came up with her impersonation of Sean Spicer and she apparently someone wrote it for her like they saw it before she did and I I'd never actually seen a side-by-side photo of the two of them together it's really close like shockingly close I always thought there was a mild resemblance but like at a quick glance you could be confused that it's the same person. Yeah, it's it's really impressive. <laughs> and you know that she goes through the she goes through the the tale of how it came about, what they do with the prosthetics, so on and so forth. It's it's a it's a cute little read. Um, she she and her husband were on the show, and they made that poor man feel severely uncomfortable asking about you know sexiness while she's dressed as. Sean, I I don't know. It's just weird and cute. I didn't realize that that was her husband. I've recognized him from somewhere, but I don't know where. He's a writer, and he's been in a bunch. He's had, like, bit parts in just about everything she's done. Um, I was just surprised that that she was shocked when she was first approached with it, considering, like, having seen the performance— yeah, I, I think it's so good that it surprises me to learn that she didn't 
it it wasn't a natural occurrence in her brain. Like she had to be talked into it. Yeah, I, I, the fact that someone else saw it before she did, type of thing, it's mm-hmm. it just speaks to her volume of acting. She's impressive. Um, all right, Karen. Mm. Now, I, I feel a little, I don't know, embarrassed that I read this entire the entirety of this next article. And I wasn't 100% sure what WGA stood for. It's the Writers Guild of America. I looked it up and I verified what my thought was. (laughs) Oh, so you Googled this week. (laughs) I Googled it this week. Yes. (laughs) Um, So, this seems to be a pretty big deal. Um, When was the last writer's strike in 2006, 2007? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And that, and my, as my... As I recall, everything considerably dropped. Like yeah, the, every like every everybody had shortened seasons and quality heroes dropped. <laughs> <laughs> yes, heroes happened. <laughs> really, I mean, if there's if there's a perfect example of how damaging to television that strike was, it's season two of Heroes. <laughs> um. What I found most interesting about this article, uh, uh, the 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 WGA is possibly going to go on strike unless they get uh, work up an agreement with the AMPTP, otherwise known as they actually broke this one down. I want to say it properly: the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. So producers are trying to work out a deal with the writers makes you know that's that's what has that the writers union or the guild as they call it um the guild of calamitous intent sorry <laughs> couldn't help it i uh, really couldn't what, what i found funny is that they have to agree the wga has to agree to let them strike before they can actually think about striking did you get that I did get that. I don't. I thought that's just how unions work, but I'm not in a union, so I don't know. But I thought like all the union members had to vote to approve a strike before they could actually go on strike. Well, my understanding was different that they uh, agreed to just go on strike. Like, you know, they're agreeing to then agree, which is weird. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But, um, May? Is that what it said? May 1st is when the contract Truck. expires. And they've been in talks since March 13th. Um, so basically anything you're watching now that's sh- like on a traditional TV schedule is probably safe. But things that are, I don't know. It, I, my recollection was is that if it's from the past, the reason like the reason things happened so poorly for like Heroes is a lot of the rewriting cannot be done and that show was riddled with rewrites on the day of shooting they worked their scripts as they went and if mm. the wga strikes they the people that are supposed to be rewriting the stuff aren't allowed to do it and then people like producers rewrite and it doesn't go well so i hope that they work things out um 
sticking points for were, were you know healthcare and you know the normal disconnects between the unions and those that are that support or use the unions it's seriously though just give the writers whatever they need they're the writers mm. you can't do good tv without them and they deserve fair you know compensation just like anybody else well it's 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 more um what is it? how do they put it? new models of development production and distribution while making their companies richer have not worked to your individual or collective advantages or advantage exactly so they need to be you know they need to reap the benefits of of these profits that have been seen by other uh what do you call it you know by the companies mm-hmm. i agree with that i think you know it's just where there there will be a resolution because it's going to happen it just it the question is when you know may is coming up fast how long was the writer strike the the last one? Do you remember? Uh, I I do not recall. I remember it being I feel months. Like it felt like it was forever. a while, right? Like it that's, was it was a good like long I feel while. like that's the problem. Like everything we're watching now is kind of safe because it's you know the seasons are almost done, everything's shot and in the can. But like stuff that's coming up for next season or things that start up over the summer, like that's what makes me worry. That's why I want this to not happen and to get resolved. <coughs> And stuff like this will affect, I feel, as I was reading it, I got the impression that this will affect um, cable television, like, you know, real, the the network television, I should say, as opposed Mm -hmm. to things like Amazon, Hulu, and Netflix, which they don't have, because they record their whole season in a chunk, they don't have to record, they can push back. Some, Mm -hmm. a, a network show has to continue. Or they just have to start airing reruns or try to work that, you know. Or use, like, finagle, you know, scab, scabs. And that never High works High school out. students. Yeah. High school students. <laughs> hey, kids, want to break into the biz? Don't break the strike line if you want to break into the biz. Yeah, that's not a good thing. The reason you want to do what you want to do is because they are doing it. That's why you get toddlers. <laughs> they don't know any better. I hope everything works out because TV My is on an makes up a pretty good story. So, you know, <laughs> we'll just send him in there. It involves a lot of trucks and very hey, Look, he worked for Axe Cop, so. <laughs> this is true. That's true. This is very true. Um, I hope they work everything out. Karen. Yes. This next one. I, uh, how, how do you feel about it? I'm sorry, my iPad slowed a load. Okay. What are you talking about? Riff tracks, <laughs> the Riff tracks, classic. Oh Doctor my Who. god! Oh my god! Oh because my god! I didn't, nearly you did, like you didn't note it in the the Slack chat that we use, so yeah. I didn't know how you felt about it. Because does it? I haven't listened to a Riff tracks in a long time. Don't they make fun of whatever they're riffing? Yeah, but it comes, so. okay. <laughs> it comes from a place of love. Okay. And I know these guys l- love old Doctor Who. All right. And so do I. And because I love it, I can say that it absolutely deserves to be riffed. Okay. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's like there's no way. Old the classic Doctor Who is like good, bad. Like it's good, but there's like 
we t- we talked about it on the show mm-hmm. when we did that episode recently. Like, mm-hmm. there's its fair share. It is a product of its time. Yes, oh it yeah, and this I mean, is like this special in particular that they're gonna riff is full. It's like cheese tastic, you guys. <laughs> there, you know, it's the five doctors, which means they supposedly re reunite all five doctors at the time that had ever played the doctor into one story. But one of them was dead, and another one refused to do it. And the things that they do to get around that are really spectacular. Awesome. I do really, like really the, special stuff. The, the, the little quote from Michael J. Nelson in here. As we're fans ourselves, Rift Tracks has always been dying to do a live take on Doctor Who. But we have a strict guidelines about the number of doctors. Forge seems too few. Six is just ridiculous. Just doctors <laughs> running everywhere. <laughs> I think I, I I am looking forward to it. I just didn't want to say that until I knew how you felt about it, Karen. Because you know. Oh yeah, when I saw it, the first thing I said to Chris is, "I will sell blood to pay a babysitter if I need to." And yeah, we're we're seeing this. No, no question about it. Fathom Fathom Events is hosting. It, it's going to be a live riff tracks. They're doing April fourteenth, right? Is it 14? That's not this oh, one. Oh, no, no. 17th the, and the 24th. That's when they're, they're doing. Uh, yeah, they're doing three. Di- they were announcing several dates, so this is going to be the last one at the end of the summer. Okay. Um, I have never actually looked into... Have 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 you guys ever done a Fathom event? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've you just go to the Rift movies. You just, buy, you just buy a movie ticket. It's pretty pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's just like going to see a movie. It's It's great stuff. Cool, cool, cool. Well, I hope you guys enjoy it, because I'm sure I'll see it at some point in time, and it will be fun. Fun, fun, fun. All right, next up, Legion. Um, have you guys to watch any more of it? Because I finished it. I'm caught up, and I no, love this show. No, we have not I love watched any more of it. I, I want to. I um, it's show. just... No, we're gonna finish. We're polishing off what we got, and we've also we're also in midst of Iron Fist. I'd like to watch the rest of Legion, but it's... It's a matter of matter of time. That's it is a weird show though. That's my point. I still have no fucking idea what's going on. But here, the good news from CBR.com is that uh they are sticking with their 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 formula, if you will. They're not diving into the X Men well to get stories from comics, which I'm okay with that because they have done a phenomenal job this first season, in my opinion. Um so apparent I I was it picked up for a second season? FX so. Legion reduced yeah, the second so. season. Yes. So, <laughs> right there in the middle. Um, it's hopefully going to be more of the same. I'm okay with that. Really. I really like this show. I am so confused at the end. I cannot guess what's going to happen. Um, that's the, the problem... Okay, so they have to tread a, a very fine line between giving comic book fans enough and not diving into comic book tropes. And I think they're so far they're doing it very well with the villains and the smatterings of information that they give about his past and so And I think the fact that they're doing it so well is what's causing it to appeal to a broader audience. Like, this is appealing to, like, the FX crowd. This mm-hmm. is appe- appealing to 
folks who just want to watch strange television, uh, who don't know anything about the X-Men or comic books. Mm-hmm. And it's it's their the way they're handling all that, I think, is super smart. And I'm glad they're not delving into the rich history of Legion comics to, uh, <laughs> to, to fill out their plot cycle, because, uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the first couple of lines of this article, I don't necessarily agree with, because it's saying that it's it's confirming that Charles Xavier is the father. And it's not really, because I don't think they actually said it. There was a chalk... Yeah, I was reading uh, Trish's um, uh, recap, and uh, she she said that they were... It was, like, heavily alluded to. Very... Uh, there was a, there like was a flat chalk drawing. Say it. <laughs> it was a chalk yeah, drawing of exactly, a bald man. Yeah, exactly, the chalk drawings of a bald guy, yeah. Like, so it's like, yeah, we know, but they didn't flat out say, my father is Professor Tr- Professor Charles Xavier, headmaster of the uh, Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters. Like, they didn't say that. They <laughs> just kind of alluded, alluded to, it. to it. But it's still... I don't know how... I, I, it, they, they're do, they said it's a... a 10 episodes, I think, which is enough for me. Uh, I think seven or eight have shown now, and it's just really good. Really enjoying it. I'm glad it's coming back for second season. I hope they can continue with the quality that they have shown us in season one. Um, I, Yeah, we're not talking about that next article because it makes me nauseous. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah Silverman takes on Donald Trump. We're not going to get too politically, you know skewed here um i think it's an interesting take on the political show because the only uh, it's like comedian and those that agree or those that disagree the only other thing i could compare it to is like the that bill maher show right whatever Mm -hmm. he does um i would like to see sarah silverman's take on it to see how this how how what her spin on it is she was very vocal during the political season during the election season so funny or die as well as involved so that has to make it funny right because it's will ferrell yeah i think it'll be i th- i think it'll be uh entertaining enough to not you know depress people i think it's interesting that she's reaching out to want to like connect with people that disagree with her mm-hmm. um and i think she's a great not not that i mean it seems like this project was her idea so it's not like the show chose her to do this but she is a great person to um to make to attempt to do something like this because i feel like whether you agree with her views or not um everything that i saw that she released during the election season all the videos that she did she broke down complicated issues in a way that just made it really easy to understand yeah i'll agree and with that I, yeah so i don't know like you know she, she just has the talent for that and so i think that that applying that talent to this kind of show could be really uh really interesting yeah the the tentative title is called i love you america um, it's slated for Hulu, and we'll see what she could do with it. It's a, you know, one of those networks or you know platforms that she can go all out on. She doesn't have to be regulated by the networks. So I think she's going to find a footing and she's going to do well with it. Mm-hmm. Um, next, TLC <laughs> is reviving Trading Spaces. 
Now, I happened to have to go to the doctor's office the other day, and I waited I in the waiting room. I didn't know this wasn't on the air anymore. Well, <laughs> well there you go. Um, I happened to be sitting in a doctor's waiting room for an hour and a half, and while in there, I got to watch three episodes of Flip or Flop. Now, it has taken, like, the the... The home modification stuff that is on the air bothers me. Okay, this Trading Spaces started it way back when, like they were one of the first shows. Was it in two thousand? So the reason that these types of shows bother me is that they make they they allude to stuff happening fast. And I'm in the construction industry, and it doesn't. (laughs) It doesn't happen fast, or quickly, or swiftly, whatever word you want to use. It is a time-intensive industry. Um, is this wanted? Oh yeah, I think lots of people like I. I I saw this posted by multiple people today, like. This didn't come up in my search for, hey, what news can we put on the show tonight? Oh. It came up in, like, just scrolling through and a bunch of people going, oh, holy shit, Trading Spaces is coming back. This uh-huh. is addictive stuff. I never got into Trading Spaces, but I can't remember what the hell the other show I loved. But <laughs> there was a period of a couple of years where, like, I worked at home and I would just have this shit on all the time because I just couldn't. I couldn't turn it off. <laughs> yeah. Trading Spaces was the show with uh, neighbors ch- changing up a single room in the house for yeah, each other. And right? Yeah. I, I feel like I did watch some of this now that, that that you're describing it a little more. But yeah, like they made over a room in each other's house and then like sometimes it was great and sometimes it was horrible. It went yes. horribly awry. Right. Because everybody, the, 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 the get of the show was neighbors were guessing at what their f- friends really wanted and right. it the disaster happens when they completely guessed wrong, guessed wrong and then did what they wanted to do um what what i also realized whilst reading this was this show uh launched and i'm reading verbatim launched the career of ty pennington um Ty is the guy that that started doing extreme makeover, extreme makeover home edition, where you know they take somebody's house, usually on the rough side, and make it really nice and do that surprise where, oh my god, they're coming down the block. Oh my god, we're not done yet. Oh my god, that was a big deal. And then they'd reveal, and everybody was happy. Usually, lots of tears, but. TLC, it, it, just bringing it back. Good on him. Sounds I guess. good to me. Uh, okay, there's not an original idea left anymore, and that bothers me. Look, we know it's not real. <laughs> At least you know I do, but that doesn't stop it from being entertaining. The, uh, to go back to flipper flop tagline for professional wrestling. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Flipper flop. I watched three episodes. They remade three homes, every, same exact formula every episode. 
That's why it's so great. You and don't the, even have to pay attention to it. And the end of the show, they did not sell or give information on getting um, offers on any of those homes. Like, it's just, hey, you watched us sweep up. Look, that's the show. Ah, I'm sorry. Well, I don't know about that show. <laughs> but Trading Spaces is awesome. <laughs> okay. All right. Finally, we're going to jump back to some, some Sorkin news. <laughs> I can see the future. <laughs> Chris, now you called this. Why did you call this? Because I, I said, when we talked about, I think it was the Sports Night episode, we were talking about how I really wanted Aaron Sorkin to do a superhero show because Sorkin does such a great job of Sorkin? teams. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Well, yes. But uh, he does a great job of, of camaraderie and, and team dynamics and groups of people with different personalities working together to achieve a common goal, which is you look at Sports Night, West Wing, uh, mm-hmm. the, the Newsroom. Like These shows are about a group of people with lots of differences coming together to accomplish a single task. And he does that dynamic so well. I would love to see what he's capable of as far as the superhero genre is concerned, because... I mean, let's face it, like, you know, Flash isn't exactly Shakespeare, you know? It's, <laughs> hey, 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 hey. I love Flash. I really do. But I know I we would spoke about see... it for about 20 minutes earlier, so. I, indeed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> see what I did there? <laughs> about. <laughs> uh, who knows? We're never going to sleep tonight. Uh, I, I would just, I'm very curious to see what he would uh, do with something like this, and... I mean, I don't know where he fits outside of Marvel, you know? Why? Uh, because DC's cinematic universe is the Snyderverse. They they are completely oh, married to Zack Snyder, and he is going to ram his Zack Snyder face all over this stupid, overly dark garbage until uh, the, the world ends. I mean... Mm-hmm. The Justice League trailer came out, and it's just like, oh, look, it's more Batman v Superman. It's just dark and dark with darkness, and a golly, look, he cracked the joke. But more darkness, and everything's over-designed. <laughs> and then the TV, uh, DC on TV, is pretty much handled. Like, the Greg Berlanti stuff uh, is all, it's its own universe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't see him, I don't see them creating a new team show that would fit into that. I don't know where else he would do it unless it's like another completely unrelated DC thing. But Whedon's leaving after, uh, you know, Infinity War. So somebody's going to need to handle the Avengers franchise or some other team franchise after that. So Sorkin would be interesting. I I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts and questions about it. who knows where he's going to land, but he is, he, it is awesome that they're talking to him. He, yes, that's the point, that both companies are talking to him. And within this article, which, of course, we will link in the show notes, um, they give a breakdown. Excuse me. Oh, I have, feel like I have to sneeze. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Of uh, Marvel's television and DC's television slates. Um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Legion... Iron Fist, uh, Defenders, Punisher, Inhumans, Cloak and Dagger. They're developing Damage Control, Runaways, and The Gifted. Now, I know Damage Control. I know The Runaways. I don't know what The Gifted is and everything else. It's an X-Men show. Okay. Um, Let's stay away from the movie stuff. On the other side, DC, granted, it's like 
all of those are Netflix and okay. Shield is on ABC. ABC. So okay, it's 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 all over the place. Um, DC's got Arrow, Gotham, The Flash, iZombie, Supergirl, Legends of the Tomorrow, Lucifer, Preacher, Preacher still on? I thought that got canceled. Powerless, and now they're looking at an. They put in an order for Scalp, Krypton, Black Lightning. And they're developing plans for DMZ, which is shocking to me. Ronin, Amped, Number Four Hero, uh, DC's Hero Project. I don't know what that is. Static Shock, Red, which they've already made a movie of. Two of them. Two of them. That's correct. Yeah, the second one is good. Um, Why the Last Man and Unfollow? That is a lot of DC properties. And, and well, Vertigo. All right, it's yeah, it's like that's a lot of Vertigo properties and a handful of DC superheroes. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're owned by the same company, Warner Brothers. Um, they are, but that's like I mean, that's like well, that's where you really, went. I mean, that's where you went for serious stories. Was was Vertigo? Exactly. It's it's like saying that Walking Dead is on the same level as Legends of Tomorrow. It's like yeah, they're both based on comics, but comics are such a broad medium. It's like I, I don't know. Well, there's a lot out there a lot in development there's a lot in planning um unfortunately reading all of those i can't see sorkin in any of them yeah none of those jump out and grab me and get me all excited so So maybe they'll do something new and exciting um except gifted if an x-men show maybe would be it i could see that being interesting good Good. Again, team dynamic. Yeah. Got to be a team dynamic. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for our news. Um, interesting week. Chris. Hi. Do you have your spiel ready? I do have my spiel ready. Let's, let's, let's rock that spiel. Let's rock that spiel. You can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook with both the Geekade page and the This Week's Episode page. Find us on Instagram at Geekade. Subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content. And follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade. Or follow the show specifically at Twepcast. You can find us all individually on Twitter. I'm at Geekade Chris. That's Geekade K-R-I-S. Evan is at Geekade underscore Evan. And Karen is at Shoot underscore the underscore moon. If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed here tonight, be sure to check out our show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes or Stitcher. Or if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com where we try to post something new every single day. Back to you, Evan. Thank you so much, Chris. <laughs> um, it's your turn, sir. Darn right it is. Darn tootin'. What do you Darn got? Tootin. What uh, we- I am going to bring us back into the world of animation, and I have decided that it is time for us to watch an episode of one of my favorite Adult Swim shows, Home Movies. We're going to do oh, Season oh, 1, Episode 9, Life Through a Fisheye Lens. <laughs> Did you say fisheye lens? Womp womp. <laughs> Okay, very good. Home movie. Oh, season one, episode nine. Fantastic stuff. I haven't watched that in a long time. I haven't either. I'm really curious if it holds up yeah. because I have a lot of fond memories of this show. As do I. I mean, this is, 
this is early career H. John Benjamin too. This is one of H. John Benjamin's like most iconic roles as Co- Coach McGurk from uh, McGurk. home movies. So <laughs> I'm pretty jazzed about this. <laughs> all right, good, good, good. Um, all right, that's it. That's all I got for this week, guys. Thank you so much for staying tuned and listening us prattle on about television. From all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan. I'm Karen. Yellow Brick Road. (laughs) Good night. And this concludes our broadcast day.